0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Slate of Affairs, a podcast dedicated to critical conversations about pop culture and politics by Black and Brown Voices. Today's episode is going to look a little bit different. As many of you know, our resident Black King, Blake Gardner, has taken his talents to New Orleans, Louisiana. This week, Louisiana is in the middle of a natural disaster as Hurricane Ida has made landfall. Blake had the fortune of relocating back to the West Coast before the storm hit and is en route back home to California to wait out the storm, and thus we are unable to record our traditional episode. While we are all sending our thoughts and prayers to the people of Louisiana, it would be in vain to not offer a lending hand to those in need. Head over to our Instagram page where we have several different resources for those who are in a position to help people in the greater Louisiana area. We will also be linking several resources in the show notes of this very episode. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this special interview episode with Brittany Someday, an online sex worker who gives us a look into her world and all of the experiences of sex work in the digital age. pleasure of sitting down with Brittany and talking about the world of sex work in the digital age. We are so thankful for Brittany lending her voice to the podcast and offering us a perspective on a topic we have been wanting to talk about for a while. So Brittany, thank you for being here. And first off, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Good. Yay. Okay.
0: So I first off want to start by asking, um, kind of what made you decide to start doing this line of work and what was your journey that led you here?
1: I was pretty conservative, like growing up in terms of like the way that I dressed and how I viewed my body and stuff like that. My mom was always like, you can dress how you want if you feel good and how you look like she was always really motivating and like never really shamed me ever. I think it was just that I finally was like comfortable with myself and I was like, not ashamed of anything. And I knew that I would have like the support with my mom of her being like, I don't know, like if you're comfortable with your body and you're not ashamed of anything you're doing, then just do it. And I originally just started out doing like promiscuous photos. So it would mostly just be like, I never even would take like bikini pictures or anything like that. So just doing like basic bikini shots and stuff like that and feeling comfortable and then like the hype that you'd get off of it was like super nice. And I think like the power that I got from it was like definitely what like I feed on. Would
0: you say that, like, doing this journey, how has your self confidence from when you started to now, like, how have you seen it change?
1: Oh, absolutely. When I first started, I've never really taken into account what others have said about me, just because my mom has always, I get like, she made me real strong. She made my sister real Mm -hmm. strong. You really couldn't tell us anything other. But once you start showing certain parts of yourself that you really haven't before and people start making comments, I used to be really chunky. And um, like one of the guys I'm assuming I went to high school with and he was like, dang, you lost a lot of weight, but you looked a lot better when you were bigger. And on all of my posts, he would go through and say, he would put like skinny bitch, twiggy bitch, or he would like go through and post all those comments mm-hmm. on there. And that kind of fucked me up a little bit. Oh, am I allowed to cuss? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that <was> like, um, <laughs> it kind of fucked me up a little bit just because I was like, dang, like I'm actually working hard and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel like I look better. And for people to be mm-hmm. looking at me now and to like really pick me apart, it was like kind of different. And then in the areas that I wasn't like used to showing. So like yeah. I would zoom in and like screenshot certain things and be like, "Ugh, what is that? And I'd be like, that's part of my body. Like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? Like, So that kind of would like hit me but I think once I figured out that like you obviously haven't either been with a lot of women or you don't know what bodies look like I think that like really assured me and like made me more comfortable and honestly my confidence right now is probably the best that it's ever been in terms of like before I had to feel like I had to like I just was at work so I got ready but I would 100% 100 feel comfortable like going out barefaced, hair not done, yeah. whatever, and not giving two craps. Whereas like before there was no way I would leave the house and I would still feel kind of shitty about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because, um, some people feel like, I think that there's just like this weird conversation that people have surrounding you. Like, Oh, you must be, um, like you're getting picked apart, but it's kind of like, if you know, like the people that are picking you apart for those things, like you said, clearly, you've either never seen a woman's body or not enough women's bodies right. or anything to really understand, like, these are natural things that. Exactly. Like the way that your breast lit or the
1: way that your ass looks or like everything. And yeah, if you have
0: a dimple somewhere, absolutely that's not a sign of anything other than just like being a regular human body. Absolutely. And I, don't, I at least think that there's kind of this level um where people like who are, who are, kind of their own content creators like you are where you're in charge of the content that you're posting and no one's telling you what to post Mm -hmm. that part of that does allow you to be like more it does create a bigger audience or or I guess like like a bigger perception of like this is what real bodies look like absolutely when you're in charge of your own content and now so many people who are coming out and they're in charge of their own content we're seeing so many like Real bodies. real bodies absolutely and more diverse bodies what do you think is like a big stigma about sex work that you personally find to be the most inaccurate
1: that you're dumb or that it's like not hard work i'm extremely educated i um doing sex work versus the money that i've made like assisting doctors and being in a hospital setting and like the amount of work that you put in it's not easy work it's super not easy work people think that like you just get ready it takes a lot to get ready like like, it takes, like, energy and stuff, and then the outfits, and, like...
0: I, I can't remember her name, but I watched this YouTube channel, and, like, she series where she was just talking about, like, when OnlyFans started to explode, and there were so many people who were jokingly talking about wanting to make OnlyFans accounts because, oh, my God, it's going to be so easy, and she was like, it is not easy. Like, you have to curate, like, a consistent fan base, and a consistent... And you're constantly posting content. Absolutely. And... We're saying like people think that when you're using your social media, social media can be exhausting, but when social media is your form of income, it's even more exhausting. Absolutely. And so that kind of seems like the flipped of like an OnlyFans, where it's like, mm-hmm. if you're not posting consistently and making consistent interactions with people, it's Talk not like them. you just post a picture and then all of a sudden people just start sending you a whole bunch of money. Like Absolutely. it does require consistent and constant effort. And if you're not putting that consistent and constant constant effort in then it's not easy yeah yeah exactly
1: just to touch on that i when i had first started out there was a few girls that i had started with i think there was like maybe five of us and we had started like a twitter group and it was more of like a only found support group where we had issues with pricing people would ask us for certain things and i was like oh i don't know what to price this thing at and so you Mm. message all these girls and say what would you charge I'm the only one that's left of those girls. And it's because one of them was like, man, I I genuinely get so frustrated talking to all these men who like, they ask a lot of you and a lot of them don't know how to approach you. And if you don't know how to like correct them in a way that they don't get offended and they still want to pay you out, then like Mm -hmm. it's good.
0: My question next is like, how do you feel about celebrities that use online platforms like OnlyFans? Because I know uh, there was like Bella Thorne had crashed OnlyFans and like They made some different regulations due to her content or whatever that may be. So kind of what is your feeling about that? You did roll your eyes. I know the people that are listening can't see, but I can tell that they might be never,
1: Yeah, I never have an issue with anybody trying to make money. That's never been my issue. It's more of like the freaking, the fake pop-ups or whatever, like to cash in and like get all of this money and then not fulfill what you're trying to do. Like Bella Thorne promised a nude for a hundred bucks or something like I. Really can't remember the dollar figures and stuff, but either ended up not sending it out or not sending out what she had promised. So that's what had, like, caused them to change certain rules. Like, you can only tip a maximum of $200, and if you want to do more, you have to send it in increments. That's, like, Mm. a big thing for some people because it also, like, how long they hold your money for. So... Again, no problem with people making their bag if they're doing it for like, if you're doing it for like legitimate reasons, but don't pop in and like fuck everybody else up that's actually been doing it yeah. for a while and like.
0: And this is their main source of income. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm.
1: it's nice, too, because then you get the promotion, like, oh, they're on OnlyFans, too. So, like, the website itself gets promoted. Yeah,
0: some more people start, yeah.
1: Yeah, which is fine. Sometimes
0: when certain celebrities hop on to some of these things, they're able to hop on in a way where it's, like, very, like, in and out kind of a thing. Like, I can just come in here, and it can be cool, and it can be fun for the 10 minutes that I'm here. And then I can leave. I don't have to think about the people who are, like, here every day consistently and have spent a consistent amount of time and effort building their platform. And the then if I come in yeah, that, yeah. and make anything that shakes things up, I don't have to really necessarily reap the, the consequences of it because if it becomes too much for me, I just go. Like because I have other like sources a
1: whatever type
0: of. So um, OnlyFans had recently announced that they would ban sexual content in October. And then that received a lot of backlash. So then they kind of reversed that announcement. What was your initial reaction to that first announcement and then like the reaction to them then switching it back and forth? So initially
1: when it happened I actually lost a bunch of subs. I was at Mm -hmm. um, like 63. Once that hit I think I lost 23 within the first like full day and it's just literally sitting there and you can see their names get blocked out and it's just like Jesus like you already got their money for the month, but now you don't have them seeing you every day anymore. You know that they're leaving and they're like, okay, well, there's only a month left, but what can she do within a month that I haven't seen already? Or, You know what I mean? Like it was kind of like that. So stressful for sure. Like um, started researching like other sites and stuff like that, wanting to go ahead and like get myself established on other sites, but then trying to figure out like the payouts and like getting signed in and reestablishing your profile. And like, it's a lot of work the vibe amongst, like, all the other workers was, like, panic. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. fairly lucky that I have, like, another job that I can rely on, but this was, like, only does pay quite a grip of my bills and stuff, whereas other girls, that's, like, their main and only, and they were, like, sobbing, crying, like... And then people were making jokes about you have to get a real job. That is one of the that only, is a real job. <laughs> jobs I've ever worked in my whole life. And like, yeah. it's not that they can't find work elsewhere. It's that they're already so established and they already have their clientele. Yeah. They already have like their groove and stuff. And like, for it to just be disrupted, and what did they do for it? They didn't violate guidelines. They didn't disrespect anybody. They didn't do anything that was outside of the rules. It was just because they wanted to not deal with sex workers anymore a lot of people are talking crap about it just because like to take away people's income or dangle it above their head like that for no reason it was it's fucked up yeah
0: do you feel like you see the same traditional like gender biases racial biases that you would see like in a common nine-to-five workplace how do those experiences i mean you're a woman of color so how do those experiences differ
1: I feel like I definitely get more respect within sex work than I do within my job, like showing up to work and stuff like that. I don't get as much respect as my white counterparts would who Mm -hmm. have less training, have less education, who have less, whereas like in sex work, I don't know if that's due to my ethnicity or whatever, just because.
0: I would imagine that because you yourself are being, are more in charge of your, like your online presence. Right. And the people that you're communicating with consistently online that I think that it would create, at least I would imagine that it would create a more comfortable level. Absolutely. Versus like when you go off into the workforce, you don't know who your coworkers are. You don't know who your bosses are or what their thoughts and beliefs are. And you kind of have to just like put up with it. No, really. If you know you have a racist coworker, you're kind of like, well. hundred percent. If you know that there's someone who is like subbing to your profile, you can be like, I don't like the way that you're interacting with me. So I can choose to not interact with 100%. you. Like there's more agency in a, I would, yeah. I would imagine, and
1: it's pretty supportive too. Like, where if I, I have a lot of people that are sub to me that are on my Twitter, and they'll see me tweet like, "Man, I freaking hate my job this morning," that the doctor told me some odd thing, and they'll be like, "I'm so sorry you had to deal with that." Like, come and kick, like, come and chat with us, and we'll make your day better or whatever. So it's definitely like they want to talk to you, they want to be there for you. Whereas, like mm-hmm. at work, you're just employed and you're whatever.
0: I mean, you kind of touched on the fact that I think a lot of people don't think it's actual work and Mm -hmm. we've established that it is. But even just outside of that, what is something that you would really want people to understand about sex work that you don't think is talked about enough?
1: I don't know why people are so disrespectful to sex workers in terms of like comments that they like to make. Like I'm still a respectable woman just because I do what I do. I am still a person. Like I'm still nice and and I'm like, someone's sister and I'm like someone's friend and just Mm -hmm. because I like to do fun stuff online doesn't mean that I would deserve anything less than like respect and I think like that was probably one of the biggest things that I like preach is like respect everybody because like you're seeking a service so be respectful Mm -hmm. when you seek it and like my energy in returning it to you is going to be that much better because I know that you're like loving and like coming from a nice place.
0: I think some people get this idea when you're posting anything online, even if it's just like a selfie or something that you're asking for people to make comments or critiques. Right. Just because I posted something that was not give you the authority to be like, well, if you posted it clearly, you wanted me to make a comment about the fact that you didn't have a thigh gap or whatever that may be. Yeah, no, I didn't ask like, that. I think that people just across the board, when we're, when we're talking about like social media and posts like on internet posts, that like people forget that there's a person behind that Absolutely. screen and even more so forget that there's a person behind that screen when it's sex work, because it's like, they, I think people automatically just assume object, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. That's what Absolutely. they see. And so they don't think, so they think like, oh, whatever I say, does not matter? Yeah. But it's like words matter. People still have feelings and I'm, yeah, like you said, you're still a person. No,
1: <laughs> oh, really? And I think I've said that in my opening message because I think that was like the hardest thing for me is the way that they approach me is like the quickest way to turn me off. I won't respond to you. If you come at me in like a certain type of tone or like a demeaning, whatever, I just won't Mm -hmm. respond because I feel like that's not the type of way I want you to think that you can talk to me.
0: Lastly, to close out, I just kind of want to know like, what advice would you give to people who are starting off or who are new to this journey? What is it that you wish you
1: knew? Like just have fun, like for real, just have fun because it gets like, once you find your zone and realize that, um, There's nobody above you that can tell you what to do. And you're your own boss. And like any money you make is just a bonus. You have so much fun with it. Recently, I started like subbing to other girls accounts just to see what their vibes are and like how they talk to people, what their captions are and stuff like that. And it gives you just ideas on poses and stuff too. And you support them. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're stealing ideas. I paid to see your account. I love what you're doing. And I just want to see if that's something that I can elevate my account to do.
0: Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even, um, think about that just in terms of the ideas of being like, Hey, look at, we're all here on this community and we can, we can utilize each other as inspiration. I feel like the cool thing that I think about the way that sex work has been, especially with the onset of social media and, and it me being able to be online is one, the agency that you can have over your own work mm-hmm. of being like, I'm in charge of the work that I'm doing and the content that I'm posting it gives you that level of like exploration and creativity and mm-hmm. being like, let me see, you know, where I feel like I feel sexy. I feel like I feel confident and I can try out different things. But also I think that the advent of um, online sex work has also created like bigger communities mm-hmm. because you, like you said, you can, you know, tap into each other and you can utilize each other's resources. Whereas before it's like everything kind of happens behind closed doors. Absolutely. There's, it's You're taboo. I want to appreciate watching and seeing like people who are just being more confident and being able to be like, this is what I do. And also like, I may post this content on my Twitter page, but then I also like post things that show that I'm like, not stupid. And right. I also have like, Uh, an opinion on things and I can think and it doesn't make me any less of anything because I do one line of work and you choose to do a different line of work
1: right. we both get paid that's all that is. yeah that's all and really the, i don't know people
0: is. i think people seem to have um, um, a lot more like they care too much about what other people are doing and i'm like focus on you i get it and focus that's on where you. I'm like, oh. but thank you so much for this um we've been definitely wanting to do an episode like this for a while where we just you know sit down and get a perspective from someone who's actually doing the work mm-hmm. um is if it's cool with you, we would like to plug your OnlyFans in our show notes. Yes. But... Okay, cool. Okay, well, we'll plug your OnlyFans in your Twitter in our show notes so our listeners can tap in. And
1: yes. hopefully some of our listeners subscribe. Oh, you guys are in for a little treat. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Very much appreciated.
0: Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Slate of Affairs. We hope this episode met you all with some education and hopefully allowed people to gain a new perspective on the world of sex work. We will be back next week with a regularly formatted episode.